Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, Saad, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is the beginning of a three-week episode of really property management. You're the leadoff man, bro. So we got to make sure that we get it good so people will want to tune into the next episodes, okay? <laughs> no pressure at all. If there's anybody that I would lead off with, it's you, Corey. So let's make it happen. All right. That makes it excited <laughs> and it makes them want to tune back in. So I just hired Asset Living as my new management company. And they've been with me for, gosh, now we just did, a, we finished a big takeover. And so I was so impressed by what was going on in their whole systems and processes and checklist and just the way they operate. They're best in class for reals. And so I was like, I'm going to bring these guys on my show to have them kind of give what makes them special. I mean, your company, Asset Living, wins awards for what you guys do in the student housing space. And now you're really growing just your regular multifamily space, gangbusters. But there's some secrets into that success model. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit. But before we do that, go ahead and just give us your little background and give us who Saad is. Yeah. And I want to say his last name and I'm going to say it now, just in case I screwed up later. A Ridge. There it is. I got it? Practice paid off. I love it. A-R-I-J. Yes, sir. That is correct. A little background on myself. I've been in the industry for a little over 12 years now. Started off as a community assistant in Athens, Georgia. Go dogs! I am a University of Georgia graduate. That's where I fell in love with this industry and really just fell into this as a career. So started off as a community assistant. And from there, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be a leasing and marketing specialist at a corporate level, which allowed me to travel every single week to troubled assets. And my job, figure out what's wrong, correct the course of action, and start putting numbers on the board. And I did that every single week in a different market, different property. So I did that for about two years in that capacity. And an asset came and called and I joined the team with Asset Living. And it's been history ever since having a chance to be a roving corporate leasing and marketing specialist to a regional supervisor to director of leasing and training, to VP of training, and now most recently VP of new lease up. So it's been a lot of growth, not only for the company, but I've been fortunate enough to be experienced growth myself on a personal level. But throughout the entire process, the thing that's allowed the company to be successful and myself to be successful is having a standard procedure in place, a playbook, as you can call it, that allows us to replicate our success, no matter the market, no matter the product type, and be able to go out and compete on any given day. So that's what I'm here to talk about and give you a little bit of insight onto that. So that's my little summary. Okay. So replicate success. Okay. So this is some key terms right there. Okay. Success. And I believe this wholeheartedly is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you can improve upon it. Yeah. Right. And not all management. Can we just agree to this? Not all management companies are equal. Some people are in dark ages. Some people don't even know what age it is. And then there's also the ones that are the innovators, right? They're living on the edge and are solving for tomorrow's problems, right? That's where I think asset living is. 
That's my opinion from what I've seen so far. They're solving for tomorrow's stuff. They already know how to handle this stuff. They're looking into the future and saying, what's going on? And I guess the greatest example is COVID. Let's talk about what COVID did to the industry for a minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think when you reflect back on this year and a half, almost two years now, threw an entire wrench into how everyone operated, right? I mean, there was this standard procedure of you had X amount of staff members every single day. You had flow of traffic coming in and out. You had kids on campus where they're within a rock's throw and you can step out of your office and go reach out through outreach marketing efforts or go table at that bar down the street where you know every kid's going to be and be able to get your brand name out there. All of a sudden, those kids disappeared. All of a sudden, your staff, and more importantly, all of a sudden, you couldn't have corporate resources traveling out just because of travel policies and making sure we're being protective of our team members at all levels. So it really just threw a complete wrench into the system, right, on how traditional student housing has operated for the last 15, 20 years. People, business, and now, hey, we're going virtual. We're not having the handshakes and the hugs and the high fives and good times. Now it's like everyone's really protective of how they operate and more importantly, how they approach people. So how do you navigate through that? And that was on my team. And everybody had to get really good at Zoom or team meetings or whatever that you're using. So this is what innovators do. They realize, okay, we can't meet face-to-face. Yep. But we can still meet. We can still do a visual tour. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Do I have a cell phone? Check. Yeah. Right? And so let's talk about some of the particulars. And then we're going to go into talk about SOPs, right? Like, and learning decks yep. for onboarding staff. And right. And how do they, like, there's a way to do it the correct way. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely. But before we get to that, though, let's just kind of peek a little bit more in that COVID. Just people got to understand, this is happens exacerbated with COVID, but this kind of stuff happens all the time in just your normal operation stuff. Stuff that changes, you got to make a tweak. Absolutely. And so what did you guys see in that, like COVID first came to town, what did you guys see happen and what did you guys do? One of the benefits that we had, Corey, and this, this goes back to your point about we were always prepared for tomorrow, right? Although we didn't predict a national pandemic, we were ready to lease using the platforms that the next generation is using. We're talking about social media. We're talking about FaceTime, Zoom, whether it's things like Kahoot's or whether it's DMing on Instagram or Snapchat. We were already using these as our leasing mediums and marketing mediums to get out in front of the prospects and think and act like a prospect, right? So having a team that's always on the cusp of technology that's in today and technology that's going to be in tomorrow allow the transition to be that much smoother for us. We went fully virtual. That are in your students' hands. So, And we're yeah. really talking about student housing a little bit more right yeah. now than anything else because this is, when we're talking about like Facebook or for normal apartments, but for student living, you've got to talk to them, the stuff that they're on. Absolutely. Not what we're on. Yeah. Doesn't matter what we're on. Who cares? Absolutely. I mean, just thinking about how do we take a standard group tour, right? When you had those five sorority girls who wanted to come and check out your apartment, they would traditionally all come together, right? Because they want to live together. They house together right now and they spend a lot of their times together. So how do we recreate that? Well, you put them on a group chat on Instagram and you get on a video call with them, right? And so now, sure, you're not in person, but it's still that atmosphere of like, hey, we're connected And you see a person behind a voice, you see a person behind the email, right? And you're putting a a person to the product and that was key for us. And in terms of our marketing strategies, I mean, yeah, absolutely. We we did invest more in digital, like a a lot of people did, 
but really it all boils down to the people, Corey. And it's about people willing to, to take that additional step. If you're not comfortable with social media, our teams took all the trainings in the world comfortable with it. They weren't all that great with creative design. Well, guess what? We had people who were experts within the company and they spent time across the board running trainings for everyone in our company to make them elevate their game on that front so that we can put out the best digital content. So we can create our own digital content way more in-house than it doesn't even always have that same feel. Yep. I still remember peak COVID, TikTok really blew up. And at that time, I myself was not a user of TikTok. And I immediately joined on, started learning the trends, started learning one of the dance moves. And when Drake's new song came out about left foot slide, right foot slide, I made a video of it. Sure, I made an absolute fool of myself, but I wanted to show everyone on the site that, hey, we're not above it. Like, I want to learn this app with you. I'm going to learn out how to make sure it's optimized for your convenience. I'm going to train myself, then I'm going to come back and train you on it. And then the content that our teams just, they just picked it up and ran with it, right? Just let's go, let's do stuff for our units. Let's showcase it, right? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And you have professional quality content that's being produced by our community assistants, our leasing agents people who use these apps on a daily basis and they're having fun at work, right? At a time where everyone is so concerned with obvious reasons, right? Like national pandemic, health, family concerns, people are having fun at work. And that's what this industry has always been about for me. It's what kept me around for 12 plus years. And certainly is going to keep me around for another 20 plus, right? It's that fun atmosphere you get when you're in an office and translating that fun to the leasing experience, right? And students saw that, parents saw that, they latched onto it. And it was a sort of a safe haven for everybody, right? Where they're like, hey, we can relate to this. We want to talk to them and we want to get that college collegiate experience, even though we might be virtual. So in a year when you would have thought that our occupancy would actually go down, we had a record-breaking year at Asset Living. In a year where you thought our rankings would diminish and we would lose our number one spot, well, the rankings just came out recently. We're still number one in the student housing space and we're number five as the largest management company in the entire space. So, I mean, that speaks volumes about our ability to constantly evolve and more importantly, keep educating our teams to grow their skill sets to evolve as the time around us does so. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. All right, so growing people, right? So that's really the core of what I brought you in because you'll see that as you guys are listening to these episodes, these next three, one of the general themes I think of, because I've already recorded the other two episodes, is that people are the biggest asset that you have, right? 100%. And when you can get them all rowing in the right direction. So how do you guys take someone, we take over a property, there may or may not be, usually there's staff that come with, right? But they're not bleeding asset living colors yet. How do you guys get them there? Yeah, great question. And I could not stress that people component enough. I mean, we see it in other industries outside of just apartments, right? We see it in sports. Yeah. In the medical, we see it all around us. People are the biggest single difference in a business being successful or not, or a team being successful, right? So you have to invest in the team. And that starts with the onboarding process. How do you make sure that they understand the expectations, they understand the support system around them, and then they understand that we're going to hold them to a higher standard. And the only way they can do that is, again, to go back to point number one is knowing what the expectations are. So from the very start of their career with asset, whether you're recently promoted into a role, hired from the outside, or you're part of a takeover 
where Asset is now managing the property, our initial onboarding consists of you getting to interact with, whether it's virtually, in person, or through a recorded video with all of our executive team. Because at the end of the day, it's truly, although on an organizational chart, it's vertical, right? You have the president, the CFO, CEO, and all the way, you kind of work your way down. We truly believe in a very horizontal organizational chart where it's all hands on deck. Stacy, who you've had a chance to work with, and Jason Fort, myself, interacting with the team and making sure that their onboarding is successful because they have to buy into us just as much as we have to buy into them, right? So we start that off with the relationship aspect. We want them to know they have a support system and people who will do whatever needs to be done to make sure they're successful. Yep. It's about educating them on the systems. We have some really great systems with an asset that we utilize that is a true success of our clients for our properties. We got to educate every manager on that. Every single leasing agent, all of it to our property manager has to go through proper onboarding to learn those systems. And it's not a, here's a manual, learn it. No, it's, here's a manual. Here's a recorded video on it. Here's also a live training day that you can jump on and ask questions to our support team, our specialist. Oh, and by the way, here's all these supplemental trainings as well to help you go from beginner to intermediate to advanced to expert throughout your career. And you're signing off and you're taking, are they taking like kind of tests yeah. along the way as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with any onboarding process or really any way to measure success is you have to have some key metrics in place, right? You have to have KPIs that define is someone truly successful in their respective role. And so even in the training process, obviously as a property manager as a whole, when you look at the very end result of your property, your occupancy, your pre-lease, your budget, those are all defining KPIs. Well, same philosophy has to happen in the onboarding process. We have a four-month extensive onboarding process because you don't just wake up one day and you're ready to run property, right? Yeah. You're not ready to operate a system within one day of training. And oftentimes that's what we have found. That's the industry. Right. And right so there. we change that up. Three days, maybe max. Yeah. And then here you go. And uh, someone will maybe be there, follow up with you, but never happens. Yeah, absolutely. And so ask we, me how I know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a reason for that last company to go by. Being in student housing, you realize that, hey, just like in college, they don't teach you advanced 4,000 level courses in your freshman year. Right. So we treat it like we're going to introduce you. We're going to take it up a notch and take it up a notch. And by the senior year, you're an expert, right? So it's a four-month onboarding process that takes you from step from letter A to letter Z. That involves testing throughout. So you are being tested on everything you're expected to learn through the supplemental material we've provided. Plus, again, you have opportunities to interact with the SAP of support through our regionals that you don't even report to, to our RVPs. We have an entire panel that's dedicated Every week, they jump on a one-hour call, and it's open to the entire company. Jump on. Not only learn from the panel, but your fellow peers, people who have gone through this process, who are now experts, who are on their way to hopefully getting promoted soon. You have a plethora of resources here at Asset that, again, we want you to be successful. But like they say, you can take a horse to the water where you can't force it to drink, right? Can't make him drink. No. So we've given you all the resources. That's almost your filter, too, if you think about it, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's the gauntlet. Every great company has one, by the yeah. way, right? So uh, you guys are out in Houston, right? Absolutely. Houston. Yes, sir. Houston, Texas. Do you guys have QTs there? QTs? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quick trip. All right. Hopefully most people understand what quick trip is. Yeah. If not, go to Oklahoma, Texas, or Arizona and go to the QT. It's a gas station. But it's unlike any gas station because I say the competitors circle K, right? So they go to the QT yeah. And you go in there, and here's what I noticed, like when I think about my experience at QTs, 
versus my experience at Circle K, right? Same gas station, same stuff on the shelves, kind of, sort of, right? But I go into Circle K, there's a line from here to God, there's a person, I'm not sure if they're unemployed, if they're homeless, or what, but they're working behind the counter, and I feel like they're smoking, joking, and they're not focused on the customer, they're just kind of whatever, right? Absolutely. And you finally get in line, and and even then you got to take your card, it's just a long process to even get out of the register, and you finally get your stuff, you're out the door. Now, that's my experience at Circle K, right? What's your experience at the QT, bro? And you go in and one person is able to run three registers at one time. If there's a standardized process where every layout is exactly the same, you know where the bathrooms are and they're up to par. The layout is conducive to a proper shopping experience and the customer service is absolutely second to none, right? I mean, it's quick. It's easy. I mean, get you over here, get you over here, get you over here, right? Boop, boop, boop. You're all good. You're all good. You're all good. Yep. I mean, dude, they check out people so fast. And because they're good at it yeah. and their stuff's the same, yeah. and dude, who do they hire? They're hiring your standard people that anywhere else will hire, but again, they have a standard process in place. I think they're hiring young and hungry kids yep. that are all motivated and Absolutely. dude, they turn it on. Yep. Like they're out there trying to make a difference. Absolutely. Where Circle K just my job. It's a job that I hate. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like even enterprise rental car, right? It's a rental car place. Yeah. But if you work at Enterprise, you're like, no, 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 I come from Enterprise. Yeah. It's a badge of honor. Right? That means something. Like, I know how to do some stuff. I know how to talk to people. I'm customer focused. Same thing with people from QT. I'd hire anybody from QT if they qualified for my other skill sets. Yeah. Because I know they're all about service and taking care of the customer. That's what I want. And so I always say, so how do those companies, they become great, just like your company becomes great is there's something in the training that separates the wheat from the shaft. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with first and foremost, right? Like we hire for attitude and we train on skill sets, right? Because everything that we do is trainable. What's the one thing that I've learned, my experience and everyone else that you probably interviewed also probably said the same thing is that the one thing we can't coach and train is attitude. And you talk about those team members at QT, they're hungry. You can't teach hunger. Dude. You can't teach a go-getter attitude and someone who's willing to adapt and willing to take on additional responsibilities to take their career forward because they're helping grow the business, right? And so those are skill sets that, that you look for in an interview because everything else is trainable. When, when you talk about training itself, it's about full end-to-end user experience. You can't just teach one person. I'll just say it's an assistant manager. You can't only teach them how to run the books because they have to learn the entire process to understand how their part is integral to the entire engine churning and moving forward, right? Even an assistant manager who traditionally would not be as much time spending on the leasing floor is still going through our leasing training. When the time comes and there's 20 people in the office, guess what? It's your time to step up. You're stepping up, right? right? And now you can't have quality control. QT just happened. We got to get them checked out. Right? You can't have quality control go down because this person doesn't know how to run a register like at QT, or in our case, they don't know how to give a tour. Right. So everyone is cross trained across all platforms to make sure they're set up for success, no matter what hat they may have to put on today. And again, going back to those points, we're testing them throughout. Right. We're testing skill sets throughout. They're taking courses, they're taking classes and taking a quiz at the end, which makes sure that we're getting live reporting on, hey, this person failed 
multiple times now. That's a red alert, right? Because if you're failing multiple times, that tells me two things. One, you're not taking the course seriously. And if you're not taking a training seriously, are you going to take your job seriously, right? And if you're not going to take your job seriously, are we going to be able to produce the quality of work that we want to produce for our clients, for our residents, and for our, all future prospects, right? So right away, you have red alerts happening from the very get-go of onboarding, which you wouldn't be able to spot if you're not there with them 24 hours a day. And let's be honest, none of us can ever be next to somebody 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. With these metrics in place, we're able to spot a red flag from the very onset and know that, hey, sometimes you just got to move a different direction. And so that's it because it's yeah. viable to the business, right? Absolutely. You've got to make business decisions and you're doing that based on metrics, right? Like, yeah. hey, here's our process. We know it works. Here's the formula. And when we talk about, here's the best part about this. You guys have been doing it so long. There's a culture around the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Everybody that's probably talking about it or training a higher level, they've already all been through it. So they yep. came up through it and they live and breathe it. Yep. Like this is the Bible. This is the spoken word of asset living. Here's how it's done, right? And it's the same all the way coming down. It's like, no, this is it. Yeah. This is the asset way, right? Yeah, Corey, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, one of the biggest initiatives when we rolled out all the SOPs, when we rolled out all the standard practices that we know work, before training our on-site team members, we actually trained every executive in the company. One of our executives went through the training, a week-long training exercise in person, along with taking those same courses that everyone has to go through because they were also our testers. They had to tell us, hey, what are we missing based off your experience? What is something that we did not cover? So it was a truly a top down and down up process. We're not just pushing content out just to push content out. It's being vetted across the board and we're constantly getting feedback from just as much as it is from the property manager who's done this for so long. They're an all-star and we know they can do this in their sleep. We're getting feedback from them. Same thing with our executives. So everyone's held to the same standard. And that's one of the things that makes us so successful is that you can walk into an asset living managed property anywhere in the nation. And it's that QT experience like we just talked about. I like to use Chick-fil-A as an example. I'm a big Chick-fil-A guy. My pleasure. Absolutely. Right. It's that customer experience driven atmosphere because I'm a big believer in customer service is retroactive. Like when you call customer service, why are you calling? Because you already had a problem. Customer experience, you're doing that to get ahead of the problem. Right. And so that's what our business model is built around is our customers in my position and those of our executives, our customers are our employees as well. Every team member is our customer and we have to get them to see the value in the training, see the value in asset living. So that in turn, mm -hmm. we'll share that value with our prospects. Right. They're going to take that up. They're going to internalize it Absolutely. and they can then bring it forward. Right. Absolutely. It really is the key. Right. So now we're going to transition a little bit. So not everybody's going to go say, uh oh, I'm going to go pick asset. But how would they identify if someone's looking at a, a management company, what would they be asking to identify what kind of platforms and training? Like, how would you go and say, hey, tell me about your guys' self. How would you do it? You know, I think one of the biggest things for it, I'm actually going to take a step. Or what would you ask for? What would you ask to see? Yeah, I would take I should step back from that. First and foremost, I would look at the leadership team in place, right? We are so fortunate at Asset Living that every one of our executive team members, including myself and our direct level teams and regionals, we've all been on site. We've all grown as Asset Living has grown. So we've not only operated at the site level and found the best practices, but now in our capacities are able to implement those best practices across the board. So you have people at all levels of the executive team who are seasoned veterans having been on site. And so we know and we're able to give you candid feedback on what works and what does not. Are you ready for retirement? 
the majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. And now, I love that. I got to pause it for a minute because that's a key component, dude. So, on-site means sitting at the desk, doing the work, getting the leases, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Making the phone calls, running that business model, right? Since we're talking about comparisons, another company that does this really well and we find a lot of similarities is Zaxby's. So... I don't know if you read the article recently, Zaxby's had a huge shortage with finding employees. Guess what? All their corporate employees, before they can ever become corporate employees, had to work from being the fry cook all the way to the cash register and know the business inside and out before they could ever qualify to be a corporate employee. So that's the same model with us. We can go step in and be a property manager. We have people who've done it and are seasoned enough to go step into a role as needed to make sure our properties are successful and we don't miss a beat. So I think that's the key formula that I would encourage every client to ask is the leadership team that I'm buying into, have they been there? Have they done that? Dude, that's a great one, right? I mean, I think about this too. If you got a regional that's managing people, but he's never sat in the desk and understood the software and he doesn't even know how to truly move in somebody, you're going to have issues because it's going to be that one property that's going to suffer and he may be sitting Yeah, And that's another one. Ask me how I know. You're talking about a pain I just had. Yep. Absolutely. So I saw it happen firsthand, bro. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, yeah. what do you mean he can't do this? Like, you're there, right? I was like, find out he's never been at the desk. There's a huge disconnect, right? That's usually where you have things fall. It really is. Right. It's the rubber meets the road yeah, right there. Absolutely. At the property level is where everything happens. Yep. 100%. And if you've been out of that game for a while, it's harder to relate. If you've never been in the game, it's definitely harder to if you've never been like, yes, yep. man, like, come on, dude, right? And I think the next question that if I'm a prospective client looking to see who manages my assets, right? I think the question to ask is, what do you do to invest in your people, right? Because like you, we've talked about earlier and the viewers on this will hear about this as a constant theme as the people, right? Biggest difference maker. So the question that I would ask is, what are you doing to make sure that my people are the best in the business so that in turn, they can give me the best production at this property, my residents are taken care of, and my parents are happy and everyone is running smoothly. And I think that's the big question to ask is, what do you do from whether it's from an onboarding level to a reoccurring level to continue to invest in your team so that they can in turn put the best effort forward on game days? So what do you guys do? Then let's just pose the question. What does that to do? do? Yeah. No, absolutely. So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the onboarding practices, which is a four-month-long process with onboarding. Just to kind of talk about a little bit about our past and then move into our forward future. Just in COVID alone, we had a little over 300 plus virtual trainings that were held, right? I mean, you talk about a year and a half, five days a week. I mean, we're hosting trainings twice a day for three times a week and getting content out to our team members. Now, it wasn't anything where we're sitting there talking for an hour. No, it was 30 minutes. Hey, let's all jump on at 11 a.m. Central. And if you miss 11 a.m. Central, don't worry. We got you back again at 2 p.m. Central, right? So we're meeting all the different time zones. And today, as a company, we're going to get better on follow-ups, right? And tomorrow, as a company, we're going to get better on closing. And you're doing this in group settings. So everybody has a little piece of it, right? 
And then you, all the good stuff starts because all the players are like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm saying. I didn't know that when you said it that way, that really clicked yep. for me. All those things do matter. Yep. What are the words you say? 100%. Right? I mean, it's, it's. And then it becomes a belief too. Oh, that's how you got that? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you hear from multiple voices, right, it's about, it's about receiving your affirmation. And you obviously hear it from your corporate team or even your clients are telling you, hey, do this. It'll help you. And you're like, I don't know if that's going to work or not. But then you hear one of your peers across the street yes. or across it on a different state talk about, hey, this campaign really worked well for me. And I found a lot of success with it. I signed 40 leases. Okay, let me try that because it worked for one of my peers. That's one of my people, right? And so people buy into people. And that's what this opportunity really provided us with is when we went virtual and you have 50 to 100 to 200 people on a Zoom call like this, and we're having open dialogues, right? About 30 yeah. minute training. You guys just got way better just in, during COVID just because of that, right? You, everybody started communicating. 300 heads are always going to be better than one, right? And so when you have that much ideas flowing, when you have the success stories, that are being supplemented along with those ideas, people buy into that and they want to go out there and compete, right? And that's what we hire as competitors, right? And so when you see somebody down on a Zoom call getting shouted out, like, hey, shout out to Corey for signing 40 leases this week. He did this, this, and this. And everyone's like, well, on the next call, I want that shout out. So I'm going to go work harder than anybody else because I want to be recognized in front of the entire Right. I want the recognition, right? I mean, when you have the COO of the company on the call, when you have the EVPs on the call, the presidents on the call, you want to be the one shouted out, right? So it just builds natural competition amongst the team. And that's what gets them motivated more than anything else to go up there and perform and motivate their teams as well. Man, that is so important, dude. So I just think this whole set, what we're talking about is so people training, loving on your people, doing stuff, coaching them up, right? In my opinion, that it's the best thing you can do, right? So I used to be a restaurant manager, right? So I worked at this company called Charleston's. And so the thing about this property restaurant is like we would compete with Outback. Outback's a pretty nice restaurant. But if you've ever been to Outback, I mean, it's, you can debate whether it is or not, right? So because we always thought Outback sucks, <laughs> right? And it was because of our training. Because yeah. when we would go through our training, like we knew how to describe everything on our menu. Like there was a menu knowledge, a menu test. And if you didn't make 90%, you didn't get past the next step, right? And then like selling your food. If you go to Outback, a group of 10, see if you're going to get your food, right? No, someone's going to be like, who had the whatever? And they're going to like across the table. It's a whole shit show. Yeah. Right. But at Charleston's, everybody like knew we did positions, right? So table 52, position one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So when the food's coming out the door, it doesn't even have to be you, the server. It can be some Joe Smo, the guy, two tables next to you. That's the server over there. We're like, hey, come and grab these plates, table 52, one, two, three, and four. So he's going out with uh, the stuff. He already knows where it goes. Exactly where it goes, yep. And then how impressive is that, right? And then the other part was if your beverage is halfway full. Who in their right mind says, do you want another Coke? Yeah, you just refill it. Of course I want another Coke, it's halfway. And so no one had to ask. We're like, fill that shit up. Right. This goes back to the whole thing, customer service versus customer experience, right? Either yes. customer saying, hey, can I get a refill? Customer experience would be already refilling it for them before they even have to ask. Exactly. And so it's the same philosophy. And again, that's another successful business model. And so all these business models are very repeatable when you look at the fundamentals of what they do. A, I think you guys put your people first. Absolutely. Right. You buy into people, you train them, you teach them your way. 
you have a systematized process that's written down, yep. right? Your stuff's not in the air anywhere. You have a written down process for everything, right? You guys are probably always working on that to update it and, and make it better, right? Always have to. Got to keep evolving, right? I mean, the industry evolves, so we have to continue evolving as well. And then you take that and then you breathe the culture into it. Yeah. That's a recipe for success. And we just given numerous models of what it looks like with Chick-fil-A, all the other things we've talked about. Yeah. In your opinion, though, what is the biggest gift that you've been able to bring to asset? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest gift that I've been fortunate enough to bring to asset is as I mentioned earlier in my introduction, I've traveled for four plus years nonstop. Every week, different property, different market, different people that I have a chance to work with. And one of the philosophies I've always instilled in myself is that I'm going to teach as much as I learn. So every property that I visited, I learned from them. I taught them what I knew. Then I would take what I learned from them into the next property. So as I went to each property, I evolved and the properties I visited. And together, the entire company evolved. And so just that opportunity to be able to expose to from shadow markets to saturated markets to a first-time student housing market to being able to sell mid-rise, high-rise, whatever the case is, right? Location factor. At the end of the day, it all boils down to the people, right? And that's the key thing that I learned very early on in my career is that I have to invest in the people and they have to then invest in the people that they interact with, right? So selling experience and instilling that into Everything that we did from the operational sites to new developments is property is great, but until you can get somebody to envision living there, they're not going to buy from you, right? Because otherwise, they're going to look at your pool and then there's a pool down the road. They're going to look at your apartment. There's another apartment down the road. What's different? It's you. It's Corey who's giving their tour today, who believes in the product, who lives at the property most likely, right? And now you're telling Saad, me, the prospect of how I'm going to use this product to my lifestyle, how it's going to cater to me and me only because this property was meant for me and really just built just for me, right? So when we look at the five principles of marketing, I know, Corey, you've heard this feel from me before. Going back to my business school education, I remember learning the five Ps of marketing. And for those of you who've, who know it, it's price, product, placement, promotions, and people, right? Those are like the five principles that you got to control to have a killer product and be able to make sales. Well, price to an extent we can talk about with our clients, right? We can look at the market surveys and a lot of time that's dictated with all the external factors, right? Placement, well, we can't just pick up the property and move it closer or pick it up and move it closer to a bar, right? We got the property is where it's at. We have to find the competitive advantages for it. The Every other factor is sort of outside of our control. The one thing that's within our control, it's the people, right? And it all boils down to the way that you onboard them making sure that there are people that have the right attitude and then continuously investing in them. Right now, I'm actually out in Gainesville market. Our headquarters are based in Houston, Texas, as that's where you and I met for the first time. I'm actually on a whirlwind trip over the next four weeks, hitting every one of our assets and working with our teams hand in hand. So just being here with a team and spending that one full day with them, training every single CA, walking them through the tour route, getting them to talk to me about their objections, role-playing characters with them, that's time invested in them. That's going to make a big difference on the next prospect that they tour and the next lease that they sign, right? So that's in... Makes them believe too, right? They're like, hey, we got someone that cares. They're trying to get us better, right? Investing in your people is something I hold very near and dear to my heart. That's the leadership that I've grown under with Jason Ford, who you guys will get a chance to talk to and hear from, as well as Stacey, and really the entire company. Our company is a family-owned company, right? And so having that in the back of our mind 
knowing the core values that we hold near and dear to our heart and having that flow top down, that's super important. And when you have that across the board, sky's truly the limit. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time today and just appreciate all the knowledge, just wisdom, and just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and let us look into that mindset of how great management become great. Before I let you go, though, any books that you've been reading lately that you want to give a shout out that's helped you out in any way? I'm a big podcast guy. All right, or podcast, yes. I'm a huge Gary Vee guy. I know like he doesn't really resonate with just about everybody. He's a big proponent of that, right? I mean, him running a multi-million dollar company, he doesn't lose sight of his people. He knows yeah. exactly. I mean, he knows like five layers down whose birthday it is. Like it could be the support IT team member, right? New guy on the block. He still knows exactly when their birthday is, what their favorite sports team is, or some sort of fun fact about them. One of his most recent podcasts that I watched, he talked about like, I manage a company of like a couple hundred people, close to a thousand something. And I look at them on Instagram, makes them tick. I make, I find out what they're passionate about and I talk to them about those things. And I incentivize them through those things by saying, Hey, I know you're a big Patriots fan. I'm a big Jets guy. Not me. Gary V is right. He's a big Jets guy, but he's like, Hey, I'm going to get you tickets to the game. You've been killing it at work today. Right. But now that person's like, wow, you know me, right? Like I'm not just a number. I'm someone that company's president. Yeah. You know me. And you have that value across the board, whether you're a regional supervisor on this call, like Know your CAs, know your leasing agents, right? I mean, I know you interact with your property managers a lot more on a daily, weekly basis, but taking that time to invest in those people, like when you hear some of the best leaders in the industry that I look up to, it all boils down to the people, man. And Gary Vee, he just spits facts. I think I see a lot of him in you as well, Corey. Like, I mean- Oh, without a doubt, man. You're very blunt and you say what's on your mind, but you say it with the truest of intentions and the purest of hearts. And I think when you have people who lead in that manner, that's why you see their companies be successful. And, and I think that's someone that if I had encouraged anybody who has not heard about Gary Vee to go check him out and listen to some of his stuff, I know it certainly motivates me and it helps me build discipline to keep those core values intact. It is a great podcast. He's polarizing, right? He just has the way he sees it as an entrepreneur and the things that you got to do and go through and to be successful. And the rules never change, nope. right? Because it takes the same, whether you're a professional athlete, professional business person, someone in the corporate America that wants to move up in the corporate world, success doesn't happen to people that wait around. Got to work for it. Success happens to those that go out in there and go take it. So, Saad, thank you so much for this. By the way, if people want to understand asset living, where do they find you guys at? Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to go on assetliving.com and definitely submit a contact submission form. Connect with us on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Feel free to shoot me an invite. Let's chat. Let's talk a little bit and circle up on a Zoom call or FaceTime. And let's just get to know each other. And I'm sure there's an opportunity somewhere down the line where we can work together. And if not, at least get to know each other as well. Certainly appreciate you, Corey. Thank you for being a true partner with us as well at Asset Living. And thank you for this opportunity to come out and speak on your podcast as well. Guys, this is what we bring in this podcast. I always try to bring the best type of people that will lead you and guide you to something better than you already had, right? This game of multifamily investing, of doing work once and getting paid time and time again, that gives you those two things, time and money, to give you the lifestyle and the dream that is just so awesome. It's made through multifamily investing. But to get it, 
You have to make up your mind. You have to choose that you want to be successful. And then you have to go with such veracity and such focus and not lose sight of your vision. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.